Welcome to Dr. Cindy Speaks. Regular musings and reflections on politics, current events. Dr. Cindy Banyer is a mom and small business owner fighting for our water, our health, our community. She's running for the people of Southwest Florida, trying to flip Florida 19 from red to blue. Listen as she speaks truth to power. Hello, everybody. This is Dr. Cindy Banyan for Dr. Cindy Speaks, the Daily Diatribe for February 16th, 2023. And this podcast is being recorded at 8.24 p.m. So it's been a heck of a day for me personally, teaching the young minds on campus, getting excited about our government, covering today's civil rights was our topic today. And then I had an amazing podcast. I just recorded live Juice Fresh Talk with my co-host Chantel Rhodes. So check out, had a great conversation today and a little bit of a memoriam for Fort Myers Police Chief Derek Diggs, who passed away earlier this week. However, looking at the news for today, we saw some very interesting things happening in the Proud Boys trial. If This is the trial for five members of the Proud Boys, including the leader, Enrique Tarrio, in relation to January 6th attack on U.S. Capitol and the desire to overturn the elections. This is a seditious conspiracy trial, so lots of things are coming out. One of the interesting things for the defense is the desire to subpoena Donald Trump as a witness for the defense. This is an interesting tactic, and it is being put forth by the attorney of one Joseph Biggs, not necessarily all of the members, but they want to put Donald Trump on the stand to speak on behalf of the defense. So that is a fascinating (laughs) approach to this. And one, unfortunately, that is not likely to actually happen because the subpoena has not been issued formally or served to President Donald Trump. And it is unlikely that the judge in the case is going to let that happen, seeing it as nothing more than a stunt and not necessarily critical to the defense in this particular trial. But something that's got people roiled up about the Proud Boys, who, of course, are terrorists who decided to attack the U.S. Capitol. One of the other things that came about in the hearings today in relation to the Proud Boys trial was in the proceedings related to the Proud Boys leader, Enrique Tarrio. There had been messages that came out that showed in-depth conversation and relationship between Tarrio as the leader of the Proud Boys and a Metropolitan Police Officer intelligent agent intelligence agent, Shane Lamond, and the level of collaboration and information that was provided to Enrique Terrio in the weeks leading up to January 6th were described by other experts in policing and intelligence as uncommon, meaning that he was providing above and beyond information to which would have been necessary for him to do his job as an intelligence officer, meaning that he was likely not somebody who was overseeing the potential upheaval, but somebody who is actually aiding inside of it, giving information such as tipping off Enrique Tarrio that he was going to be arrested and that the FBI was looking into his case and had information related to some potential plans that the Proud Boys had for the inauguration. So that is unfolding and we don't know what 
if any consequences Officer Lamond will face in relation to these revelations. However, it should be something that concerns Americans broadly. If we have law enforcement agents that are working closely or sympathetic to terrorists and racist organizations like the Proud Boys, we have a big problem. Of course, there's been speculation of this because of the lack of response in so many ways to the attack on the U.S. Capitol on January 6th, that there had to have been some type of collaboration or collusion or at the very least sympathy with various levels of policing that allowed these folks to enter the Capitol there. So this is a concern. We should definitely be looking into this more broadly. And it's important for the preservation of our democracy and our safety here in the United States, that we root out terrorism and make sure that all traitors who attacked the U.S. Capitol and participated in the attempts to overturn a free and fair election in the United States are held accountable. So there has been some news on that front as well coming out of a grand jury trial in Fulton County, Georgia, where some of the report has been released in relation to the pressure that Trump and his allies were putting on various officials in the state of Georgia to overturn the election there. However, it seems as though indictments are coming down, but the report redacted whom the indictments may be for. It may be for the people related to Trump in terms of his legal staff that he used to leverage people around the state, but we are not sure. One thing that is 100% sure is that Trump on Truth Social doing a victory lap is completely unwarranted, and just his attempt to rewrite what is soon to be future history and hopefully holding him accountable for his role in trying to overturn the U.S. election in 2020. Additionally, we learned today that Pennsylvania Senator John Fetterman had checked himself into Walter Reed Hospital for inpatient treatment related to clinical depression. This came out and was released by his staff earlier today and is very interesting yet unprecedented turn of events for a sitting person in Congress to admit that they're being admitted for treatment related to mental health issues. I think it's really important, though, in terms of our ability to progress the dialogue around the importance of mental health care and, frankly, health care overall. And it is good to see that Senator Fetterman has the ability to access those services, and it's something that every American should be able to do as well. Of course, this may also be something that has been exacerbated by his strokes, and so it should be taken as a private medical matter and something that is related to his overall health in the same way that we would take anybody having a cancer or a heart problem or even a broken leg is something that with appropriate treatment can be overcome. And we will see how this is perceived across the board. Unfortunately, there were many political foes who were casting doubt on Fetterman's ability to function after his stroke. And that is, of course, inappropriate. But we hope that he is off and on the mend and back to helping to serve our country very soon. Best wishes to him and his family and his constituents. Moving back here to Florida, we saw some pretty 
worrying authoritarian type moves here happening in Tallahassee. So last week, there was a huge victory for advocates of women's rights and privacy, particularly for younger girls who are participating in high school sports, because as part of the push to demonize trans people uh, in the state of Florida, part of the Ron DeSantis culture wars, the administration looked for various ways to ensure that those who are t playing sports are female. So one of the ways that they were trying to do that, that Ron DeSantis and his administration had suggested was to track and make it required for girls who wanted to participate in high school sports to report on their menstruation. This, of course, worried advocates who saw this as not only invasion of privacy, but something that could potentially be used against any woman who is participating in sports and a way to track their menstruation, which could have broader consequences around the criminalization of abortion and pregnancy that some folks who are extreme really would like to see. So advocates had made their voice heard talking to the Florida High School Athletics Association, which is a private nonprofit organization that oversees high school sports for the public schools in the state of Florida. It is a non-mandatory organization, but in order to qualify for state trophies and tournaments that the schools, high schools have to join the association and follow by the rules. But it is outside currently of the direct purview of the state. It does have an elected board based on the high schools that participate in it. But Ron DeSantis wants to change this. So what came out of committee today was a bill called House Bill 225. House Bill 225 talks about high school sports, one of which changes this board, which is um, larger at this point in time, to an eight-member board that is appointed by the governor. So it puts the athletic association, the high school, Florida high school athletic association's direction, which is a public or private nonprofit directly under the control of Ron DeSantis and whom he appoints on it. Some assume that this is in retaliation to the board going against his wish to have the period tracking as part of the questionnaire for participation in high school sports for girls. Also included in this bill that came out of committee today was the ability to have remarks ahead of a game and it's unclear to me exactly what this means, but it seems as though this may be a Trojan horse for some kind of prayer ahead of games to kowtow to the religious right here in Florida. Additionally, it talks about allowing the non-public school students, such as homeschool students and private school students, the opportunity to try out for public teams which also calls into question some funding mechanisms around that. So how can public schools accommodate students who they are otherwise not receiving taxpayer-funded dollars for those students for? So that's an interesting and controversial component in that as well. Um, and it also allows schools to opt out of the Florida High School Athletic Association and join other leagues if they want to, although that is not something that many organizations want, although it should be noted that because of the controversy over many things during the pandemic, Broward County Schools did actually seek at one point to opt out of the Florida High School Athletic Association because they did not want to participate 
in sports at that point in time. They disagreed with the agreement or the decision to come back in the middle of the pandemic. So this is an issue that spans both sides of the aisle in terms of how and what right does this private nonprofit association have over the decisions of the schools and their high school sports. Now, one thing I will say in terms of my thoughts on this is that it is worrying to see further power consolidation under Ron DeSantis and the administration rule here in Florida. This is absolutely 100% an authoritarian and dictator type of move. Although it's coming from the Florida Senate, it's placing the power back into Ron DeSantis DeSantis's hands and so that he can overturn or simply appoint people who will do things his way, right? Much in the same way that we saw his takeover of New College in St. Petersburg. This is a worrying trend. It's something that many people have been talking about. Nikki Freed has been ringing the bell in terms of the Ron DeSantis power consolidation for a long time. And it's something that should worry all Floridians across partisan and political stripes. We should not have one party, one person rule in the state of Florida. We need a diverse set of discussions. We already have one party rule in terms of the state legislature because of gerrymandering. And that has already been detrimental to ideology and discussion in the state of Florida. But now we're seeing it move even out of the hands of the legislature and even out of the hands of various cabinet positions directly under the control of the governor, which is a very, very dangerous situation. And we should all be concerned about it. So that is the end of the Daily Diatribe for here today, February 20, or February 16th, 2023. And my name has been Dr. Cindy Banier. I am happy to be here with you for this Daily Diatribe on Dr. Cindy Speaks. Hopefully that you will join us here at Big Mouth Media, checking out our website at BigMouthMediaFL.com. Become a member today. Help support independent media. For $4.99 a month, you can actually get access to all of our videos and podcasts and special editions here for Dr. Cindy Speaks, and you can help keep an independent voice that is willing to check both the state, local, and national government alive and here in Florida, and we are going to need it this year and the years to come. Thanks for joining us here, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Dr. Cindy Speaks. If you'd like to learn more about her, go to cindybanyay.com or connect with her directly at vote at cindybanier.com. We love connecting with people.